This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Glamorous Trash. This is a podcast that recaps and discusses celebrity memoirs, pontificate about pop culture, and sometimes, if it's a real doozy, we cry. On this podcast, we make treasure out of pop culture trash. And this is a Glamorous Trash Talk episode. We are discussing The Golden Bachelor and what I am calling the age of authenticity. And I'm calling it that because both, you know, the age of authenticity, the Golden Bachelor is an it's an older show. I am also calling it the age of authenticity because we are in the era of authenticity and like all of that mattering. And I think this show really, really crushed it. So we are recording this episode before the final decision. So basically there is one more episode left. He is down to two women to choose from, Teresa and Leslie. This episode is all the hype up to the decision. My guest and I are going to guess who he's going to choose, so we'll get to see if we're right or not. We are also recording a video on Patreon, so if you want to see the full video of us just chilling here in our pajamas... (laughs) You know, we got cozy for a, for a cozy TV show. Um, I'm going to put the full video up on our Patreon if this recording goes well. <laughs> so let me introduce my guest. She is one of my favorite humans of all time. She is a showrunner, a writer, a filmmaker, the funniest person alive. She was also the biggest credit. A bridesmaid in my wedding. Hell yeah. Please welcome Bridget Munoz Leibowitz. The role of a lifetime. (laughs) And you crushed it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. So Bridget, I'm going to save Bridget's intro until when she comes back on this podcast. The intro of how we first met. Mm. Because I introduced all my guests with that story. And I'm saving ours because I have someone really special with me here today. You are also the guest on our Barbara Streisand episode. Yes. Uh, How... How many pages in are you to the Barbara book? Pages I couldn't tell you, but I can can tell you hours okay. into the audiobook. I am five hours into the audiobook. And are you on single speed or double speed? Single speed. Wow. <laughs> I like it. It's like listening to my grandmother talk. My Bubby, she was from Brooklyn. They have yeah. the same accent. They kind of look alike. It's nice. It's been really nice to listen to somebody from... I'm mean, to the old country, but Brooklyn's the old country to me. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, I'm, listen, we will save our thoughts. Okay. Right now, we are going to talk about some other bubbies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the Golden Bachelor. And also, I want to shout out that Bridget also, she's been through so much with me on this podcast. I've been trying to have her on for three years, but she's been running television shows and she can't. And yet, when we started to try and find a book, first we read Raquel Welch. We, no, we tried Rita Moreno first. Rita Moreno. And why didn't we do that book? It pumped me out. I love her. I worked with her. She's incredible. Yeah. But also, like, it was really, like, oh, she had a really hard life. Yeah, okay. Actually, I still would like to read it, but it was at a time when, like, I was dealing with a lot of personal tragedy, and I just couldn't. It I wasn't couldn't. the right moment. It wasn't yes. the right moment. Okay, so then we were like, wait a minute, Raquel Welch. Yes. And I was so <laughs> excited for that book because uh, it's titled Beyond the Cleavage. Yeah. And I was like, yes, give it to us. And... Bridget started the book before I did, and she reported back that it's an intensely Republican agenda inside a memoir lightly covering cleavage. But also, like, lots of, like, anti-aging tips that we now know are not good for you. And, yeah. Um, real, real, 
I'm going to say anti-feminist politics. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, sure, sure. Which is the antithesis to this show, yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it bummed us out. So then we started reading Shirley Temple's book. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is more dense, Barbara Streisand or Shirley Temple? Oh, I think Shirley Temple's book is harder to read. Completely agree. Barbara's is kind of like conversational and funny. And she like talks to you and there's asides. And Shirley Temple's book was interesting, but it was like, it's the difference between reading something written now and written like 60 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And now we're finally on to Babs. And before that... The Golden Bachelor. You sure you don't want to like add another book? <laughs> I know. In I'm between. like, I'm just like, do you still want to be my friend? <laughs> okay. So the reason I asked Bridge to be on this episode is because she, like myself, is a hardcore Bachelor fan of just the franchise. Will you tell people kind of like how hardcore you are and that you have a league? Yeah. Oh, I run a Bachelor fantasy league and I've run it for the last 10, 12 years. is that since since what season is 12 years oh I don't remember when we started I feel like that must have been pre oh dude what's his name oh Jesse Palmer Nick Vile oh Nick Vile oh it's way before Nick Vile it's way before Nick Vile this was oh my god this is like BC where it's like before Chris Harrison before Chris Harrison (laughs) yeah yeah and then yeah so would you think you were around like Trista even I started watching with Trista. Yeah, okay. Um, but we didn't, it didn't become a thing until I moved back to LA from New York and was having, uh, like, I really wanted to get, like, my friend group back together. Yeah. And all my friends judged me for watching The Bachelor. And I said, just come try it. it you'll like it. And I slowly started to pull people in. And then we were like, you know, we should make a fantasy league out of this. Like, men have sports and they play this and it's so bonding and they get to have like these experiences and like text fights and like yeah. somewhere to be every week or every time they do a draft. And I realized it was the only way I was going to consistently see my friends. If I like made something holy, like a holy day of Bachelor, mm. we all came, we had drinks, we had snacks and it just, it's never stopped. And it's been the be- one of the best things that I've I love done. It. For, we've done in our friend group. Yeah, yeah, we get to see each other. Okay, so... As a hardcore, yeah. I mean, you run one of the leagues, one of the great leagues of yeah. Bachelor Nation. Hell yeah. Um, what was your overall feeling on this season? Loved it. I think it's going to, I feel like the franchise was going downhill. Mm-hmm. The last, I'm going to say six seasons, I felt yeah. like. Like, where did it turn for you? And I've talked about this a lot too. We're actually last season, mm-hmm. I officially announced on this podcast mm-hmm. my, that I was tapping out, that I was no longer watching. I don't blame you. And then The Golden Bachelor was announced. I said, I'm back in. Yeah. Um, and now I, like, I feel like if newer seasons can learn from this season, I could be pulled back into this franchise. But as far as, like, what was happening and if that continues to happen with, like, what are we calling them? Yo- like, baby bachelor? Like, young bachelor? I actually don't need- I guess just regular bachelor. Regular bachelor? Yeah. yeah. Um, if that continues to happen, then I'm still out on it. Anyways, wow. back to this season. So overall, you love it. I also love it. It feels very cozy. I feel like the stakes are really high, actually. Really? I do. Way more than regular Bachelor. I feel like, because I, so I was talking about the like the age of authenticity. Mm. On some episode where I was, again, talking about The Bachelor, I was feeling like the thing that the show lost is that the people going on it no longer believe in the premise. They no longer actually believe in finding love. We don't believe they're finding love. They're no longer like prom king trying to find prom queen. Like it was just such a like clout show. And I feel like, this show brought back authenticity, like 
Those women are like, I really could marry this dude. And when Jerry says it's forever, I believe him. I do too. I don't know what they were thinking doing this to old people. Like a heartbreak at that age could kill somebody. (laughs) God forbid. Poo, poo, poo. But like... I honestly watching this the last episode. Oh, he him messed like, up. Ooh, big time, big time. Okay, yeah. first of all, I just want to put um, a finer point on what you just said, which is like the stakes are higher. So, and high. I feel like that's the same thing. I feel like I'm saying with like it feels real again. Like it yeah. feels like real heartbreak again. It feels like real love again. It feels like actual marriage and like sort of the fairy tale came alive again because they believe it. And I know what you mean about the cozy feeling. The cozy feeling for me comes from the fact that the people are like, you know what it has? It has a little bit of a British bake-off now. It does. Everyone is like nice to each other, except for Kathy, but she's forgiven. Oh, um, really? We'll get into it. <laughs> well, the ladies forgave her. They're like, she's a great Okay, part. but my forgiveness is still on the line. I don't like her either. <laughs> but I feel like there is a, it's a different vibe because these people have been through real shit in their lives and they know what's important and what you don't waste time on and waste your breath on. So yeah, I get that cozy thing too. But yeah, I feel like the stakes are like insanely high. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Okay, so- Let's start with just talking about the most recent episode, and then I want to get into some just some overall moments. So on this last episode, when he told Leslie that Trista Sutter told him, don't choose the person you can live with, choose the person you can't live without. And I said, you couldn't read that on a pillow somewhere like you real. That was really life changing advice for you. I guess he doesn't have a lot of pillows in his life. (laughs) No, I got to get this man to like a home goods or something. And so. When he tells Leslie, and by the way, it's you, it's you. And it's right before sex night. And he's like, and and you're the woman I can't live without. And I was like, oh my God, it's Leslie. Which by the way, was my pick night one. What about her made you be like, she's the one? So night one, it felt like she was funny in the ways he likes funny, which is like, he, he seems to like a grounded funny. Like he doesn't like, he doesn't like the fuck chant. Like he doesn't like kooky jokes he likes someone who's genuinely having something to say Uh she felt like that two she was hot three she was so sincere it felt like she was someone who matched his sincerity level Mm. and there was something about their conversation where I thought like their like wavelengths were the same wavelength interesting did you have a night one pick no I wasn't feeling super strong on either of them my usually I can base it off of hotness and I'm usually correct, but there was like several hot ladies that there's, there's several. Yeah. A ton of of hot ladies. Yeah. My friend Lexi has this thing called Rose theory and it, I think it works for golden bachelor too. It's mostly for regular bachelor, which is that like men, this isn't, this is no, this is nothing huge, like a huge revelation or anything, but it's that men are drawn to the most fetal contestant like who sounds the most like the baby who looks most like a baby and mm. i think it might be might be might Teresa. be true yeah it might be Teresa. that's who i think when you say like well, sounds totally. like a baby i i wasn't sure about and also i had no sense of him usually mm. i i i didn't pick anybody i didn't have like, okay. a strong feeling okay so well yeah i i felt strongly leslie and also you know felt nothing and i'm sure i was like halfway into a box of Cabernet Franc. (laughs) Um, And so in this last episode, when he chose Leslie, I was like, yes, I knew it. I'm right. And they, you know, I love that he said it's none of your business what we did, but like, obviously they had sex. Mm -hmm. And then, which again, love it, love it for both of them. And she spent the night crying saying like, for no one ever has forever with me. I'm always dumped. I've never had forever with someone. And so What's her deal? Was she married ever? 
I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think so. And so I think to tell someone that, like, I never get forever and he's like, oh, I choose you. I think she's like, oh, it's me. Sorry, Teresa. And so then the next day he goes on with Teresa. I was like, oh, my God, well, it's Leslie. And he's obviously going to break up with her. And then he, like, asked her about her job and was like, I got to have her. And then went to the fantasy suite with her, told her he loved her. Mm-mm. No? She said, I love you. And he said, well, and you know how I feel about you. But then in the <laughs> next day, yes, the next day he said, I told Teresa I loved her last night. I guess. If we just didn't see it. It must have been in the Yeah, no, no, we didn't suites. see it. We didn't see it. Okay. Either way, he didn't break up with her. <laughs> right. And it was funny that he was like, tell me about your job. Now I love you. But also like what a weird thing to be like, what do you do for work? Also, we might be getting engaged today. Yeah. And I'm... Yeah, great point. <laughs> and I'm I'm worried he's going to choose Teresa. So I want to say this. I'm going to let's do our picks. Okay. I'm going to say he's going to pick Leslie because I want him to. <laughs> Not cuz I'm like sure of it, but I just I want him to pick Leslie. I think Leslie is the choice. And I'm really afraid it's going to be Teresa and I I'm not a Teresa fan. I'm going to go option C. I think it's Faith. What? Yeah. No, wait, Faith is gone. I know. What? Or is this back. from like reading blogs? No, no, no. Or, it's no. happened before. If you recall, oh, uh, what the fuck was his season? That guy, Jason. Jason Mesnick. Yeah. But he didn't He didn't go for the third runner up. He had two women in gowns, sent one home, right. went back to the limo, got her. Faith is gone. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it is. I don't think mm. Jerry's going to. Listen. Oh my God. You're right. <laughs> listen, if Gary. I, it, I say Jerry in my head. All the time. I got to tell you this. <laughs> if, if Gary, <laughs> oh, I'm already mad. If Gary <laughs> could truly tell both of these women he loves them, get to the final two, have the fantasy suite with both of them and go get Faith, I think I'll kill him. Like, I think I'll <laughs> quit my job and go on the run <laughs> to murder him for like, that is like the last ember of faith in humanity I would have. Like, I would be like, you fucking monster, like, and just... Just this man, and I would. You don't think I he's capable? Him. It's not that I don't think he's capable. I don't want it for society. That's a really. I, I don't I want it for right. culture. I, I don't it. want to feel like there's no hope ever. Yeah. Well, okay. If it's not faith, I will. I will zig with you and say Teresa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, let's discuss. Okay. Let's discuss faith. Now, when we were texting about what we were going to wear tonight, which again is full pajamas. Feast your eyes. I said, we're, we'll be on video. What, what should we wear? Pajamas. You said, I have a problem with Faith. With, with how he handled Faith. Okay, tell me. Tell me everything. Well, I mean, it's what, it, what he does, just what all bachelors do to every bachelorette, which is that he, they, they say, I love you. He said, I love you to her first. Yeah. And then was like, JK. But yeah, he was like the first person. And they had like the most dates. The they most got chemistry. The most chemistry. Uh, she was the coolest, I feel. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like never trust the person making full eye contact and playing guitar <laughs> at you. Like that woman never looked away. Full eye contact, two minutes guitar song. No, no, that's a villain. For me, I feel like that's true if it's a dude. But for a lady, I'm there for it. Uh, no way. No <laughs> way. This woman brought her, her guitar on. And here's the thing. Had she looked away a couple of times, I would have been like, yeah, okay. Normal person playing guitar for Gary. 
this woman just like <laughs> I no, I feel like Faith is actually a villain. A villain in in what way? Oh, a weird, tricky type of villain in that one, the guitar thing, it's just a sign. It's just like a buoy letting you know that underneath that it's ship is weird. rotting. Uh-huh. So I don't know what it fully is yet. The horse thing is a little weird too. Oh, did she ride? What, did she She's a horse girl. Horse? That's right. Okay. And, and one of the reasons that they couldn't be together because they got into the conversation of like, well, where are we going to live? Like when they went to hometowns yeah. and she's like, well, my horse is buried here. So I obviously I can't move. Okay. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is, this is why she's a villain to me because she has this big heartbreaking trauma of like never being loved, never being loved the right way. And sort of led with this sort of like open wound, which listen, I have a bag of them. Right. But then when he was like, I love you and I want to be with you. She was like, but my horse is here. You, you know, and then the other thing is that I believe she's a radio DJ. Yeah. So, well, that radio station's local. <laughs> right. And it just sort of made me feel like she didn't fully mean it when she was talking oh, about th- how badly she wanted love. Do you think she would? Oh, so you're, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're positing that she is actually playing the strategy of regular Bachelor contestants. Yes, I am saying she people. is the OG not here for the right reasons. Oh, my God. And we just couldn't see it because we're not used God, to this you are type so of good. Well, if I'm correct, maybe she's going to write into the show, which she's for sure listening no, to. No, you're and be so- like, I loved him. But why would you be like, oh, by the way, I'm not going to move at all? Like, what? Well, I thought about that today, actually. I thought about that when I was watch- watching this episode I don't think the Bachelor producers considered how difficult it would be to Brady Bunch these guys because they have roots where they live and families and grandchildren and and like it's different when you're 21 and you are between jobs. You're like a retail marketer, manager, or whatever they say their made up jobs are because you don't have an obligation. I disagree. Most of these people are retired. But they have kiddos and stuff. I, I I just feel like, but the ones who came on the Golden Bachelor are like, I'll fly home. Like I, well, I like Sandra, know. who didn't go to her daughter's wedding. Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's move on to talk about Sandra. So <laughs> Sandra, it came out in the news that she missed her daughter's wedding in order to be on the Golden Bachelor. Yeah. And it, in the article, her daughter was quoted as saying like, it's just one dinner. It doesn't, you know, it's just one night and dinner. I said, well, that's not... So I guess it could be, but I don't know who to be more suspicious of the daughter or Sandra. Yeah. And maybe they just don't have a great relationship and the daughter was being gracious because she's maybe who knows. Yeah. Well, and then Sandra was like, yeah, I I don't need it. Well, so later in that exact same article, Sandra's second quote was, I finally got them a wedding gift. I said, Sandra, you've been home for seven months. (laughs) Yikes. What do you mean? And so at first I was like, how could she do that? to her daughter, but her daughter gave her her blessing. Maybe she really wants her mom to find love. And then I thought, oh, she was one of the women in this country who was able to send a parent off who was probably going to be a problem at the wedding to go be on a TV show. I loved it. Uh, that's amazing. And if Sandra that's true, great. I didn't get, when she, well, her fart was epic and I don't know. <laughs> I got to give her something for that to be like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm not going to marry this old dude. I'm not going to win this show. You know what I mean? But like, again, like Faith had full contact guitar. Sandra had full eye contact. <laughs> fart. Fart. Um, the other thing I will say that's suspicious about Sandra and not going to the daughter's wedding is that how are you going to go on a show about finding love and getting married if you're like, I don't care about weddings? Oh, yes. <laughs> not, not a great look. The show that's going to be like your wedding will be televised. Yeah. I, what, what would you do if, if Sandra was your mom? I would be like, absolutely. A, go find love. 
be, have an experience. This is like a once in a lifetime experience. See, I'll move my wedding, whatever. But then again, I haven't been married and done the wedding planning that you've done. No, no. A, t- a, a big part of me was like, oh, I'd be really happy for her. But then it, I think there would be this part of me that felt like, I don't know, that classic kid parent thing of like, I don't know. So given your answer, it makes me think that this was a healthy decision that just sounds weird to us. Well, it was the wedding gift I that w- did it for I would have, well, I would have just like moved my wedding. I, w- I would want my mom to be there. So I would have been like, this is amazing. Let me just Okay, punt. that sounds... Okay, yeah, you don't know what it's like to plan a wedding. Yeah. That is so impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, the two things that can't move are the bachelor filming season and all your <laughs> wedding vendors. Okay, so let's talk about some of our favorite moments um, and and like least favorite moments. So I'm gonna start with some highlights. I loved that because they couldn't pan the camera over naked bodies all the time. Usually it's the bachelor like showering in the morning to get ready and pool parties and just whoever that we lost half the episode. So (laughs) it was only like, what is it? 10 episodes, eight? It's eight up. I think it was eight episodes and they're an hour long. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's how much time we lost. But then I also loved having less episodes because they were forced to focus on the real stories and the stuff that mattered. And we had so much less fill this season. And I just, I just really enjoyed that. And I only noticed it when he and Leslie were in the river and the, the shot began when they were already sitting down and covered by water. Right. And I was like, oh, oh, weird. Also, are you guys afraid of showing their bodies? Oh, I <laughs> like, didn't think about that. I don't know. It gave, I, and then all I could look at was his faded lion tattoo. Same. And I looked it up in that moment. I was like, okay, what, what is it? Yeah. So uh, what was it? Well, it is. And he, I remember he did talk about it in an episode. It is, it's a, a lion. And he said he got it because there's a quote that's associated with it. Where he was like, lions never give up is what he said. And I was like, is that true? Like, I, he's like, they, they, we've get, all seen, they get knocked down, but they get up. And I was like, is this Chumba Wumba tattoo lion thing? Did the tattoo change your perception of him? Just having it on him? It to me said, here is this little sweetie, softy guy who wants to be cool and be tough. And so he got this tattoo. It didn't feel like it was part of his personality, but rather something he was proud of because it wasn't. Oh, I love that take. I think I thought to myself, this is his hippie weirdo side that they've been editing out. Oh. Which makes me think he should choose uh, Leslie. Well, sure. I I have a I have qualms about their compatibility. Okay, and you made your case before, but I feel like Leslie, based on her Instagram and something her daughter said. Oh wow! Okay, I did not is, do this research. Is not who we think she is. What I think she's kind of a bad girl. Mm-hmm. Dates bad boys normally. Who always leave her? Who always leave her? And I think Gary is a good guy but he's a gentle man. Mm-hmm. He's sweet. He's kind, which is wonderful for a time. And then we know we get tired of that. Ooh, Bridge. I feel like I was with you for all of it, except I said, yes, some people learn the lesson later in life. And Leslie's finally learning that you for can have sake. love with like a good, a good guy. Yeah. And you don't always have to date them baddies, but it would make sense as to why she's never had a, yeah. a long-term like, relationship. Not to judge a book by its cover, but her fashion choices in her Instagram pictures. Tell me everything. They're, they're like, they're awesome outfits, but they are like a little edgier than I think Gary could maybe 
She don't definitely you think he's going to be like a hubba hubba. Totally. But to me, it signals like, is she going to be cool with like drinking warm milk and going to bed at 830? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You know? Is she going to be cool? Like I've been to that part of Indiana m- so many times because yeah. I lived in Chicago for so long. And like an Indiana lake, I don't know how to explain it. There's something a little cozy, old timey. I, I get it. Wholesome. But I, I don't know if she's going to be into it. I don't either. Okay. Let's go back to some highlights. Okay. okay, so one highlight I had was just remembering, like, the importance of organized activities. Mm-hmm. And watching all these women, like, at this age, like, have to bunk together and kind of, like, do camp and cook meals. Now they're all, like, good friends, and we saw their personalities come out. And I was like, oh, this is so special. Like, those opportunities get less and less and less as, like, we get older. Like. Mm-hmm. Starting at, I don't know, even 30. Like, yeah, that's why I started my fantasy league. Yeah, exactly. And I was just watching that going like, oh my God, it is so important to have those little things like a book club, um, wink, because this is a book club. But you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, wow. That's how you like make friends. It's how you like have those experiences. And so what did you think of the women in the house just like watching all of them? I loved it. I mean, I thought that the bunk beds was a really inconsiderate choice (laughs) for these poor, these women have replaced knees, osteoporosis, like falling is a big deal at that age. And I was like, mm. same with like the belaying down the water fountain, like the waterfall in this last episode. Okay. But did you notice how they made the fitness instructor do it? They're like, somebody will be bungee jumping on the bachelor. Let's make Leslie do it. Of course. Cause she's clearly the most fit. Yeah. But I was like, this is a bad, no, if I was like, the producer, I'd be like, absolutely not. Yeah. Huge liability. What are you doing? But I also loved that finally we got camera time of people talking about what the bachelor mansion has been like for 20 years which is to say disgusting a dump. rude a dump nasty and like we've we hear the rumors but these it was such a storyline of them to be like there's no closets yeah like there's there's no ladder to get to the bed and uh, there's a a cookie who's very near and dear to my heart i won't say her name because I'm, I'm gonna source her for something right mm-hmm. now but she knows someone who was a cameraman and they said this season was so funny because they would tell the women, like, don't talk to the cameraman. But they they just couldn't stop. They'd be like, how are you? Like, yeah. good morning. Yeah. And then my other favorite thing, they'd be like, where are we going? And they'd say, well, it's a surprise. And they'd say, okay, but do I need a sweater? <laughs> and they'd be like, well, we're not supposed to tell you. Well, how am I going to know if I'm not? And I was like, this is, there should have been more of that on camera. They did not think through. Whoever did this season of The Golden Bachelor has never been on a trip with their mother. Like clearly, <laughs> like they didn't know how to plan yeah. for the needs of women who don't take shit anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, 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 I want the house to get an upgrade after this because of this. Me too. You would have thought after the fire that they had that they would, I don't yeah. know, sink a little money into it. Yeah. Like they're making money. They, they have are. the money. Tons of money. The other moment I loved and I thought it was the best moment of the entire season is Natasha saying, why can't we get a chair for these rose ceremonies? I know. Do it in a chair. Do you know how many women have fainted during those rose ceremonies? Oh, yeah. Locking their knees, 3 a.m., no food in their stomachs, just having just mimosas so all night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, her saying we need a chair. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is a good idea. And also I just am praying I am praying that someone rips off the Golden Bachelor and gives me a season that has like actual like diversity in it. Cause like I don't want to see like I can't see white dudes find love for twenty seasons. Why don't like, they just do Bachelor of Color? We're already doing spin-offs of The Bachelor. Like yeah, why don't they just come commit, on, start spinning them off? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, have ideas for spin-offs for days. Really? Yeah, well, this one? well, Golden Bachelor was so amazing. And I was like, great, also do Golden Bachelor at Ob's. But then I want like 
double bachelor parent trap edition where the golden bachelor and the golden bachelorette are getting parent trapped by their children who are also trying to find love. Oh, (laughs) okay. So the children want love and the parents want love and the children want love for their parents. So they're doing a parent trap as part of their dates. But does that mean that like the kids are dating each other? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Because that's a show that was called, uh, it wasn't called MILF Island. It was called MILF Manor and it already went up actually. (laughs) Well, uh, it's legal. Okay. And not that gross. I don't know. I was so excited about the cuteness of the parent trap component and I didn't think it through. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're just like, you're all married at Christmas. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Okay. We're going to take a quick break right now and we'll be right back. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Balasai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. I started this podcast because I have been obsessed with memoirs my entire life. And I can't believe it, but I got to write my own. And it comes out on June 4th, and you can order it right now. The book, you know, I was asked to describe it, and I said, it is an absolutely harrowing, traumatic memoir, but funny. So if that sounds good to you, order it. Let me give you some topics that are in this memoir. A female best friendship breakup. How I got my break into Hollywood. When I found out my dad was not my real dad. The time I dated a magician. Are those last two related? Who's to say? Read the book. Growing up in Utah. Growing up around cults. How I got into therapy. Listen, I could keep going. Each chapter title is a different woman's name in my life. Some are heroes. Some are motherfucking villains, but you know what? A villain and a hero, what are both of those things? A leading role, and we do love women in our leading roles. So pre-order the book, it matters a lot. I linked everywhere that you can buy it in the show notes, but you know, go anywhere. Also, I am reading the audiobook personally. So I'm personally narrating it. So if you like this podcast, get my longest podcast ever. And the audiobook is also available for pre-sale everywhere you get audiobooks. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You are the reason I got to write a memoir. So thank you so, so much. Okay, welcome back. Let's continue the conversation. The thing that makes me saddest about The Golden Bachelorette is that is that people think that Gary is like why they're watching. Like, Gary's the best, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, we're watching no for the women. Yeah. We're all watching. Everyone is watching for the women. And we once again, reality TV has given us something that narrative TV can't, which is like characters we actually want to watch. So it's like they found a way to put a bunch of women over 60 on TV. Yeah. And we loved it. And it was incredible. And I'm worried that when it's one woman... <laughs> And we got to watch little dudes, 22 dudes try and date. I want it. I, I want it on TV really bad, but I'm scared for that woman. 
You know what, though? It's going to bring in a whole demographic of like men over 65 are going to start watching the show to see themselves on TV. They need representation, too. What where isn't you representation? Oh, yeah. Where are they going to find it? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I think whoever the ba- golden bachelorette would be would have to be someone incredibly charismatic yeah. to like. <laughs> you don't think we saw her already on this season? Oh, maybe we have. I love <sighs> Susan. Susan has my heart. Susan. See, if they were smart, they would do a Susan season, yeah. but she doesn't fit the standard bachelor rubric. So I feel of, of fetal and baby. Yeah. Fetal and baby, which is why I think who is the woman who like had to go home because she was like, oh, my, yeah. my daughter has postpartum. Yes. Whoever that oh, woman yeah, is, yeah. I bet they pick her or Leslie if he chooses Teresa. hundred percent. You're totally right. And I still think those would be like good seasons. Okay. Let's go through some of the women. Okay, so Ellen, who was there, you know, riding hard for her best friend, which mm-hmm. was like the sweetest, loveliest story. But Ellen was pushing too hard for a connection that was never there. Mm-hmm. And so were the producers. Big time. They were like, keep Ellen on. And I, I loved her. And yet she was, it was so never a match. It was, it was a little hard to. No way. She was way too. Boca Raton for him. Their, their energy was their very energy, mismatched. Yeah, very mismatched. Yeah. And yeah, she was really, it was like, I want to hang out with her, but I was like, oh, and Gary, but Gary isn't liking her. How about Matt's mom, Patty? Whoa. Matt James' mom, Patty. Whoa, that was bad. I don't she know what She couldn't even happened. get half a sentence on camera. Something must have happened. Like, I don't know what, because she's beautiful. She has a history with the franchise. She was charming when it was his season, so, like, what happened? Did she piss somebody off? Oh, interesting. I think what happened is that she is literally the female Gary. Haircut, oh height, God. body type. Yep. I was like, they're li- they must have repelled from each other. Like, two magnets that are the same. Oh, man. And they're just like, uh-uh, not you. Whoa. I, I, that's my best guess because, yeah, what happened? I have no idea. She wasn't even really featured in the women tell all. No. She had nothing to say. Nothing to say. Not in, in the first night. Just totally had no no FaceTime. Yeah. It was very obvious. Obviously that they were odd. ignoring her. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then Kathy. So Kathy is the one for everyone listening who Teresa was talking about, like how great her dates and stuff were with Gary. Yeah. And Kathy was like, stop rubbing my face in it. Which by the way, I was fully on her side. And mm. again, this is why I don't want him to choose Teresa. Because wow. I feel like she's kind of selfish. She's one of those like me, me, me people. She's not a very like giving friend in the house. She wasn't, she wasn't understanding of the issue with Kathy. Cause I was like, Kathy fucking like man up. Oh, oh. <laughs> so the first half I was like, that's really funny, Kathy. Like, yeah, I'm dating him too. Don't tell me this. Clearly Kathy was jealous. But then when Kathy got the clout of calling Teresa out, she just did what Teresa did. And I was like, oh, you're just one of those people where you're just so jealous that you had to like stab her and then the moment you got the power you acted exactly like the thing that you said you hated and also like Teresa was very apologetic the minute Kathy said you have upset me she was like I'm so sorry oh forgive me my bad she was like a good apologizer I thought Mm. and then Kathy just wouldn't accept it and she kept talking and going but you said this let me tell you something yeah she got real into it and it was just like all right already yeah (laughs) yeah also like you know we know what the show is y'all date him yeah but yeah whatever I did love that the women tell they're like and Kathy where do you stand with Teresa and she was like I wish her the best I'm too tired for this and I was like I like that take yeah she's too tired for the drama she had a little bit of it in her and then she's like yeah yeah it's hard to sustain 
It is. You gotta be, you gotta have the energy. Yeah. The energy for, for high drama. Yeah. Okay. And then Susan, did you actually love Susan? Love Susan. What were your favorite parts? She just had like this great, she was like a party girl. She had like the best energy. She was so outgoing, open, the worst gas. I, I, here's, this is where you and I, I, I'm so happy you're here as my guest because this is the entire part of the episode that I could have, the fran, not the episode, the series. By the way, also in Bachelor in Paradise, there's pooping storylines, there's farting storylines. And I'm like, what's <laughs> happening to this franchise? Like, and in a way I like it where it's like, they're, you know, it's the authenticity thing. We're not going to pretend that like we don't fart, but right. like. Actually, you're right. No, fuck it. Because it was women, I guess I did love seeing it. I mean, it surprised me. It was kind of shocking. Yeah. But you know what? I think that's good for us. I think yeah, we need to right. like you're take right. the stigma off of body stuff. And the other thing that I think was like interesting and shocking, and this is what my partner brought up, was that he he noticed that like our group of like very progressive liberal 30-somethings, when we saw the older people kissing, we're like, ew. And then we were all like, oh, no, that's bad. Why are we saying ew? Wow. So that, yeah, you know? I was always watching it alone. So I, <laughs> fun fact about me, Bridge. Um, so I don't think I noticed that. Watching your parents, you know, kiss basically. Um, like one of my favorite rom-coms is, oh my gosh, now I'm not going to be, and Meryl Streep, yep. Alec Baldwin. Yep. Something's Gotta Give. Something, is that Something's Gotta Give? Uh, no, 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 wait, that's not it. It is, it's complicated. Okay. And Something's Gotta Give is Diane Keaton. Okay. But what's the one? With the little dog and Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. And, that's and, something's got to get. And Greg Kinnear. No. No. That's a different one. God damn it. As I good guess. as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, okay. So here's the part of the episode where I tell you guys that I made us old fashioned. <laughs> we have consumed mine. Yeah. And Bridget actually, uh, her drink is a mezcal old fashioned. And I was, I didn't have any mezcal. And then I remembered that Tenteo tequila yum, yum, yum. is a product partner of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not an advertiser, but they, they send tequila to all of our guests to thank them for being on the show. And oh so, yes. By the way, thank you so much. Yes. It was such a lovely surprise to make like a little box. So cute. I'm so happy. I'll do an unboxing. It. Oh, please. Okay. And just a big shout out to Tenteo. Thank you so much. We clearly can't remember any fucking movies right now. <laughs> okay. So to clarify, It's Complicated is a great underrated rom-com. I don't think it gets enough attention for how well it holds up. Something's Gotta Give, another one of my absolute favorites. And As Good As It Gets kind of gave me the creeps when I saw it the first time. So that one's just not for me, but I get that it's like, I don't know. It's like Helen Hunt, like saving old Jack Nicholson, who's like an asshole and they fall in love. Like it's just not for me. All to say, Diane Keaton making out, Meryl Streep making out. We liked those movies. What do you think is different when it's a reality show? That's a great question. I think maybe because we know Diane Keaton. Do you know what I mean? Like Like, we grew up with her, know her, have seen her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And these are strangers. And I mean, I gotta say, I don't particularly like watching the other OG Bachelor. Like, I never watch them kiss. Yeah, I don't like like, it either. Think anything other than like Matt James wire your eyes open. Ooh. Like I'll think like I don't remember what's going on there. You know. I do remember. I I definitely notice when people are bad kissers, and I kind of felt like. Gary was a bad kisser. I feel like Gary's a bad kisser yeah, too. Yeah, I can like, see it. It kind of felt like o- open mouth, like not fully open, just but kind like, of open. Like that. Yeah, like a, almost like a bird, like feeding yeah. another bird. Yeah, and I know what that kiss feels like. I've had that kiss. But these women say they love him. So do you think Teresa and Leslie really love Gary? <sighs> I think that Teresa might have 
bought into it. I, I think Teresa talked herself into it. Yeah. I think Teresa's like, I, you know, I was married for so long. If I'm going to get married again, her story I, I bet it's cute. a fairy tale. Do you know her story is really cute? Tell me the story. She, she met her boyfriend or her husband when she was 16. He was like 18 and they got married when she was 18. He was 20. And then he immediately went to, to Vietnam Okay. and he was stationed there and she would go visit him and like in Germany at the base. And they just had this like beautiful, like young love that lasted forever until he died. I guess that is sweet. I know. I loved that she's like a stock trader. <laughs> Love that. And I don't want them to send Susan to Sayulita because it's, again, as we have seen, very hot. There's no air conditioning. No, it's not for them. Those bunkers. No, no, no. I want them to send them to like a Miraval, like a Hyatt maybe, like a Hyatt. (laughs) Put them, send them to where they all want to go, which is Boca Raton. Yeah. You know? Give them like a big old Airbnb. Like I know you can find a bachelor mansion there and just like let them all scatter and date and see what happens. showers that have handles. Yes. And beds that have rails. And do the goddamn (laughs) rose ceremony on chairs, couches. (laughs) Or if you need the drama jet skis, sit them each on a jet ski and just like let them like sit and buoy buoy (laughs) up and down. Give them something that is not standing in heels. On, I was gonna say marble, but we know the Bachelor Mansion doesn't have marble. Marble, floors. please. <laughs> what is it like? Linoleum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you hope for the next coming seasons? Like when you turn on, oh God, who is the guy who is gonna be our next Bachelor? I, I truly, don't even remember. Him. Yes, that's how much I've, I loved this show, and they've taken it from me, and I hate them so much. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> white guy face blindness I couldn't even tell you <laughs> well whatever <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna watch because I know it was already filming and I don't think they've learned their lessons I will watch I will always watch okay thank you let me know mm-hmm. what do you hope for the whole franchise going forward and the next golden bachelor I want some real twists I want mm-hmm. some more creative producing I don't want to see the same dates over and over again I don't want to see the helicopter the fucking fear of heights date. And I want them to get somebody else to write the date cards. I'm tired of seeing this sorority girl handwriting, trying to be passed off as Jesse's writing or like Gary's. <laughs> Jesse Palmer write- wrote this. I know. It's <laughs> yeah. like Gary yeah. writes like a 21 year old tridel. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And yes to the dates. Like, Put those fuckers in an escape room. Yes. Like, send them to the movie. <laughs> send them to the no. moon. <laughs> send, send them to the, sure. Yeah. Send them to Oppenheimer and make them discuss it. <laughs> like, I... Something. Something. But yeah, I think when The Bachelor came out, it was like, oh my God, a single rose, a helicopter comes in, bungee jumping. Those were all the unattainable, most romantic things you could think of mm-hmm. and like inaccessible. Now there's a group on for a helicopter, right? Mm-hmm. And you, sh- for anyone listening, don't get on that chopper. But <laughs> never a discount helicopter. No, that's it's just one of those those things that you don't want a coupon on. No, I was kind of joking when I said the moon, but <laughs> but <laughs> oh, honestly, wow, you big the, hopes. There are rockets, <laughs> SpaceX product placement. I don't know. Like I want to see them. I want to see them go to Vegas and like gamble next to each other. Mm -hmm. I want to see, I don't want to say like boring dates, but like I, like every time they sit them um, at a table in the middle of like water. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they're like walk in the middle of this lake to the table. No, I'm here for that. I'm like, yeah. You do like that. Hell yeah. Walk through that lake to your dinner. But every time they sit them in front of like a fireplace and like fake bread, I'm like, we don't need this anymore. I kind of want psychological experiments. Like I want, (laughs) I want like dates where like, 
there are people who are crying out for help and like to see what people do. Yes. Oh my God. Something like that to test their values. Oh my God. I want a date where like, I want like Gary and, and Teresa to like go to get a scone and there was like there's a person on the street who like really needs money and they're yes, crying. Yeah. I want to see if Teresa gives them money. And if she doesn't, I want him to be like, this is my cousin Debbie. And you're out. And you walked right past her. 100%. I want, like, the, remember when Tyra Banks put on that fat suit? I want like that. To, <laughs> those producers, if you're available, please go on the bench. <laughs> I forgot that Tyra did that. Also, like, Wild. as a model, instant death. Instant death. Instant. You're not Jamie Kennedy. Don't bring do back beheadings. Yeah, <laughs> like, take it to the town square. Crazy. Um, no, but but real dates. I want to see them on. Like, make him read a chapter of your favorite book and see if he remembers anything. <laughs> yes, yes. And see if he likes it the way you like it. Try, you know, sit down on a couch. You only have Roku and find one show to watch together <laughs> and talk it through. Yeah, and you know what? Air it. I would I watch the shit it. out of that. Yeah. Absolutely. But really though, I want to see people actually like have to like fall in love and like win the guy and like, yeah. And talk about the real things that we only ever see little pieces of their courtship, you know? Yeah. And I, I know they are having more interesting conversations. No, I don't think they are because really? I've read enough bachelor memoirs and so Rachel Lindsay in her memoir, she was like, I finally made it to like the final three and we were in a hotel where we could watch television because we were alone the whole week. So finally we could watch television and it was the week of the elections and she's stuck. I can't remember where she was like, she's like in Zurich, like waiting to go on her date with Nick, Vol- Nick and um, I almost said Valal, Valal, Vile, Vile, waiting to go on her date with Nick Vile and see the Trump. Nick Vile season? Oh yeah. She was good. Oh, and ago. she watches Donald Trump get elected. And she's like, oh my God, I've been on The Bachelor and I didn't realize Donald Trump won. And so all she wants to do the next day is talk to him about like, oh my God, can you believe Donald Trump won? And the producers win a letter. Oh man. And so she gets so drunk that when it comes to their fantasy, because she's so depressed about the country, she passes out in the fantasy suite. Wow. And, and But doesn't have a single moment with him. So the next day when he's like, and Rachel will be going home. Right. And she was just sort of like, oh yeah, we didn't, even, course, we didn't yeah. even talk, let alone have sex. And so I don't think, mm. I, I don't know if they have, like when he's like, wow, Teresa has a job and his yeah. mind is blown. He really didn't know what her job was. Oh God. Yeah. And they're going to get married. And they're going to live on a lake in Indiana. And the, the Skeeter's out there. She's going <laughs> you know, to light, you know light them up. That's enough for some people. That's enough for me. I'm not take a house on the lake in Indiana in a second, but I don't know that if not it's the enough lake. for I mean, them. like, enough to get married. Like, oh, <laughs> just being like, you're cute. I'm cute. We both like this song. We rode horses together. Let's get married. It happens all the time. Yeah, I think it happens the majority of the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Majority of the time is like, we both liked Dexter. And here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, cheers to forever. Yeah. Okay, Bridget, any moments I missed talking about this season where oh you're like, God. I have to talk about this. You've covered the hits. Yeah. You've got them all. Listen, we talked about Faith's horse. <laughs> so it's like, I, that was an unexpected twist where she's like, oh, my horse is buried here. It's really meaningful to me. Yeah. I get it. No, I get, I get being attached to like memories and home. And I think that is the X factor in this season people did not consider is people's attachment to their their lives yeah of course yeah. and it was it's nice to see people value their lives yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was like ah, i'll work at salesforce and sandra's in like whatever city sandra's like wedding whatever <laughs> my daughter who your daughter oh yes i do have a daughter yeah and i think going forward i i really want contestants that believe again which means the producers need to produce 
something to believe in, like believable dates, like give us edits where we believe in them. Bridget, hmm. tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, love you, cherish oh your gosh. work. Make um, you their bridesmaid. Okay, follow me on Instagram at BridgeLeaps, B-R-I-G-L-I-E-B-S. Not really on Twitter anymore, but same handle on Twitter. Uh, TikTok is nothing but dog videos. Don't even bother. Do you want anyone to watch anything? Oh my gosh. Well, okay. It, uh, uh, the show that I ran. Um, yeah, no big deal. If you can find it on a torrent, go for it. Uh, Gordita Chronicles, formerly on HBO, now HBO Max. Um, it's or now just so- Max good Thank it's you. so good it's such a great watch she has a short film coming out oh, soon thanks, yes. I'm so excited for it she just wrapped and she wrote it she directed it I read it so spoiler alert it's very good oh thanks and she'll be back talking about Babs can't in wait. January it'd be so exciting because that's how long it's gonna take for me to listen to it it's a thousand page book yeah and I I really gave I've been going so hard and I gave myself the gift of like I'm I will you take a month to read this. Yeah, well, it's, you have to. It's have a, to. There's so much life in there. Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. And Me I'll see too. you soon on this couch. Love you. Thanks for watching, everybody. all for this week's episode if you have something to say you want to talk back to this episode or you have a question or maybe you think you have a difference of opinion join the book club the book club is on patreon we have a chat and there are so many cookies in the chat we talk about the episodes we talk about book recommendations we just talk about our lives we break things down it's super fun it's on patreon you can join for as little as one dollar or five dollars a month and then just download the mobile app and you can chat all day long with us Also, if you join Patreon, all the episodes are ad-free. So we started running ads. If you don't like that, join our Patreon. We send you a podcast feed with ad-free episodes and everyone comes to your phone. You would also get all of the bonus episodes. And there are so many great bonus episodes. You get all of that when you join our Patreon. And if you're a super hardcore cookie, we have a live book club on Zoom once a month. It's on Sundays. It's so fun. Sometimes we dress up. We chat about the episodes. No reading is required. If you want to read along, it's so fun. But also most people just listen to the episode. And then we chat and hang out and check in. And a lot of really deep friendships have formed. It's the best. A big thank you to our podcast producer, Kate Downey, our executive producer, Jordan Moncada, our sound engineer, Marcus Hom, and our amazing assistant, Jaren Padre. I also want to thank our friends over at Pattern Brands. They are our product partner and they keep me and my guests just rolling in the cutest tiny spoons and candles and so many other cool things. And Paquetto, I genuinely love our product partners. I love them so much. So go check them out. Everything is linked in the show notes. And if you have questions, go to the Patreon chat lounge and I'll see you there.